0: Hi, welcome to the Guys From Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's question comes to us via at David Ron. Hit it, Sean.
1: <laughs> that's thats what we got.
0: What did you want?
1: We don't have like hallelujah or celebrate good times by cool of the gang queued up or anything. I'd
0: have to pay for both of those. <laughs> so if you so want... So we
1: get a single round of applause.
0: You could have clapped too. <laughs> 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 uh
1: yes today's question comes to us via at david ron finally justin has asked us to talk about seinfeld he kind of gave us some specifics he said characters yep. episodes so we're going to kind of run the gamut today's a seinfeld day yeah i should also point out that he did tweet at, to me and at guys from podcast that way we could both see it so we could both see it which yep. was great uh but in the heat of the moment i really wanted to celebrate so <laughs> yeah that's that's why i got so excited anyway it is a thing. It's finally happened. I can't complain about it anymore. So right
0: now, I can start. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, <laughs> I've got, Nobody tweets it, Sean. Uh, I've probably got hundred and thirty-five <laughs> episodes before I get too concerned.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I was very excited. Plus,
0: it's also awesome because this is a topic that you are much stronger and much more versed in than I am. So yeah. it, it, this is. Cause I do also remember a time where somebody tweeted at me to ask you a question and it's just like, okay. Wasn't
1: that the Frankenstein one? Like yeah, why does Dave was. like Frankenstein why does D- so much? Dave like
0: Frankenstein so much? I'm like, I don't know. Ask Dave. <laughs> kind of on that note as well, we are going to fade into our Halloween stuff. We'll mm-hmm. be doing horror probably the next three weeks. Tis the after. season. So yeah, cause I've already got, we have some backed up already. We've got them. We'll get to it, but yeah. there was no way we were passing up the opportunity to talk about one that got pitched to Dave.
1: Well, because it was either talk about it in the first week of October or do an entire month of Halloween
0: episodes and then do like sometime in November. Second week of November, potentially, because first week would be the, the reset on what we're up to. Oh, good. Yeah, so, there's and no we way. we would not do yeah. Seinfeld in half an episode. No. <laughs> so...
1: No. And then the second week, we might do war movies because that's getting right around uh, Memorial Day. Memo- no.
0: Remembrance Day. Well,
1: Remembrance Day here and Veterans, Veterans Day. Veterans Day there. In the States. Memorial Day is in May. May. Yeah. So it would have been today or
0: December, basically. When we start doing our Christmassy stuff. <laughs> today or February. Yeah. Because so, you skipped our tops of the year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's. let's... <laughs> Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Uh, Dave likes Seinfeld. Oh God, I love Seinfeld.
1: I I I grew up watching it. Like even before I really understood a lot of the jokes, yeah. I I loved the show. My folks watched it every week, which meant that I would be able to watch it every week. And I mean, it was that it's the sort of show where I didn't understand all the jokes growing up, but I still appreciated the humor.
0: And there's a slapstick (laughs) element occasionally throughout. And there are. It's just like George is freaking out, and that's funny. Sure.
1: And. It wasn't the sort of humor that it was inappropriate for children. It's just you might not get the references.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like
1: when a ra- a, a, a When Elaine is running around looking for sponges in the sponge episode, which is like uh, that's her form of birth control. Yep. I didn't necessarily understand what was going on. No. But that wasn't the sort of humor. Like that, that wasn't an episode where I couldn't watch it because it was like laden with sexual su- suggestive themes. It was just like...
0: Well, suggestive themes, yes. Sure, but, but it's not like, but they never passed beyond the realm of innuendo. Yeah, there you go. It was always grounded in something that could be on network television mm-hmm. during the middle of the evening,
1: during prime time. Exactly. Yeah. It was nothing. So there was nothing on it. Like you, yeah. It wasn't like HBO laden sort of episodes where there's <laughs> yeah. naked people and cussing and everything. Everything was family friendly enough that. I could watch it while I was growing up.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: it was just kind of a, an institution in my household.
0: Yeah. We watched it as well. Yeah. Um, it was one of those shows that were around in the mid-90s where mm-hmm. everyone watched it and found something to enjoy out of it. Exactly. Although, there are still those again, but still. Yeah.
1: I know some people who really don't like Seinfeld. It's kind of an acquired taste, and I appreciate that. Like, I
0: can understand being tired of Seinfeld. At this point, because it has been off for so long, and like you're only getting what the 169, 167, something, something like, like that, that yeah. episodes.
1: Sure, but there are people who legitimately don't like it. Just didn't didn't like the humor. Didn't it wasn't there. Yeah, which sure. Which is
0: fine. But
1: it was one of those ones. Tune in next week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because <laughs> uh, I've probably titled this episode one thirty six. The episode about nothing.
1: Nice. Um, I like how you and, said probably. Yeah. Even though. By the time it comes out, you know what it's gonna be titled.
0: yeah, that <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's actually a really clever one.
0: So I would hope that people who don't like Seinfeld have now clued in also with our five minutes of talking about the fact that we're going to talk about Seinfeld for an hour mm-hmm.
1: So yeah this is one of those episodes where as soon as we got it we're like this isn't a two topic episode. No. this is we're, we're kind of hitting everything yep on mass. My cousin contends that Seinfeld is the best show ever made. Now, my okay. cousin is a massive Seinfeld fan.
0: I would imagine.
1: I think... Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah.
0: God, I hate it so much, but it's the best thing ever made. <laughs> I'm at, so torn. He
1: At least he thinks it's the best comedy. I'm not sure if he thinks it beats The Sopranos or, or The Wire or something along right. those lines. Okay. But at the best comedy. Now, I used to maintain that it was The Simpsons... Until the Simpsons went on for twenty six seasons and kind of tailed off in the
0: yeah, but there are episodes of Seinfeld that didn't really work.
1: Sure, but Seinfeld quit while they were ahead. I think.
0: Okay, sure. Like a lot of
1: a lot of my favorite episodes are in the latter half of the Seinfeld uh, catalog, I guess. Yeah, and even the last season, there are
0: some phenomenal episodes. And so, I mean, the fewer. Sure. Season 9, I think, is maybe the weakest since 1. Hmm. Interesting. But I can think of two episodes I would put on a list like this. Max, I... and the rest are derivative of earlier episodes. Sure. But so. I guess,
1: yeah, I mean, tweets they their own. It's just like, The Simpsons, they just, I feel like they ran their course and then kept going. Whereas Seinfeld was kind of jumping the shark but a little bit. But that's because
0: NBC had so many great shows on the docket that were still coming up whereas Fox just doesn't. <laughs>
1: that's, that's fair. <laughs>
0: that's There's some hard, insider hard television <laughs> comedy. <laughs> For all of you people who watch those ratings wires and such. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, like Seinfeld, or sorry, NBC had friends at the same time. Yep. And so if you lost Seinfeld, you were... It, if you lost Seinfeld as an episode as a as a series right you still had one of the best and,
0: series on tv and biggest and biggest series, series on, TV. on
1: tv yeah so they weren't losing anything by by pulling the plug on Seinfeld and it was just it the time had come i think yeah. so you know 9 seasons was good they probably could have condensed some of that but i think so there's a few episodes i didn't actually write down the seasons that these are on when we get to our favorite episodes
0: oh fair enough
1: but we are going to take a break to do a commercial, so I can break <laughs> so that
0: check. down. Yeah. So,
1: but I know there's at least one from season nine. So, anyway, like
0: we'll get I to said, that. Yeah. there are definitely a few in there that are great, mm. great, great Seinfeld episodes. But even the best Seinfeld fan, you have to admit, there are some episodes in season nine where it's just like, okay, yeah, we're basically rehashing jokes from this episode, this episode, this episode, sure. and the finale. Terrible finale.
1: Not a big... The The not best a, part about the finale was seeing all the characters come back. And, yeah, sure. And getting to see... Getting to revisit all their quirks and everything like that. But as yeah. far as series finales go, it was not a great one. Not really. It's hard with the, a show about nothing to have a finale.
0: I actually have a point on that. Okay. If you want to talk about it now, because it will kind of tie into one of my favorite episodes.
1: It's up to you. Do you want to wait until we get into your favorite episodes or... It's
0: fairly low on the list. I don't mind doing it now. And then we could just kind of breeze past it. What if they ended with the summer of George, the finale of season eight? Mm -hmm. Is that not a better ending to a show about nothing? An episode where George almost relaxes himself to death? Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be a less disappointing ending for sure definitely and kind of right in the vein of
0: Seinfeld like yes it fit the series better than the finale and yeah. again I agree with you seeing everybody come back and like oh yeah and oh yeah that's great and it's yeah. just kind of the almost a celebration of nothing mm-hmm. but the summer of George
1: yeah yeah that is true I do love that episode yeah it's, not enough that it's on my list but it's on mine yeah obviously because yeah. I just no, that said would, that that would have been an interesting idea But, I mean, at that point, they weren't thinking about it, and I guess they could still milk that cow, but,
0: yeah. But at the same time, when you think about it... Oh, George, almost relaxed. Yeah, that is true. Because what is a better example of the show about nothing? And we've already, like, experienced all of the stuff in the first, because that's the season eight finale, Mm -hmm. right? So you've already experienced everything else. So George has got his severance package from the Yankees. He's yeah. got three months off, and he's going to take advantage of it. That's also where Jerry and Kramer go to the Tonys. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh.
1: So is that the episode with Raquel Welch? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That is a brilliant episode. So...
0: <laughs>
1: and Molly Shannon, technically. technically.
0: Technically. Yeah. Would that not have been a better ending to the series than the finale? Yeah, yeah. I, I understand mean, that you'd lose a few of like, the few, a few good ep- episodes in nine, and I appreciate that. And like you said, you've got some in nine. But if they would have somehow
1: been able to make that the ninth season finale, right? Yeah, yeah, that would have been. I would have appreciated that because it's not like you left, you're you're left feeling unfulfilled in an episode like that. Whereas with an episode like the final, I did feel a little unfulfilled,
0: right? And the that? end credits of that episode of The Summer of George is him learning to walk again, along with Sam, who's being taught how to swing arms, right? Because yeah. that was Elaine's side yeah. of the story.
1: Yeah, that's the Raquel Welch and the Molly Shannon. Ones. She didn't move her arms when she walks, and then right because it looks Rockwell like she's Welch carrying was... invisible suitcases. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And Raquel Welch is in the in the 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 Broadway show where Kramer won the Tony, Scarsdale
0: he was... Supreme. Surprise. Surprise. surprise! surprise! Yeah, yeah,
1: Scarsdale Surprise. And she didn't move her, her arms when she danced, so Kramer had to go in and fire her to keep his sony.
0: Yep. <laughs> that You're is fired a... because
1: you don't want your arms when dance. You look like a gorilla. I gotta go bye.
0: Oh, okay. Better final episode than the finale. With him learning to walk, that is the perfect way to end. Because yeah. I mean, Jerry, it's, it's that it's all of the meeting at the hospital where it's the same doctor that told him that Susan died. Yeah. Spoilers to Seinfeld. Welcome to the Seinfeld podcast. Yeah. Uh, So it's the same doctor Telling him that Why he is in the hospital Why the accident happened Mm -hmm. Is because he's been Relaxing too hard Essentially And then there's atrophied Right? Yes Yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm pulling up my box set And just starting from the beginning (laughs) That's That's happening
0: You're welcome Thank
1: you Justin And Sean And like
0: After you're done Friday Night Lights
1: And Narcos And Luke Cage And Jessica Jones Yeah Yeah. So like February Yeah (laughs) And everything. Oh, all the movies that you've told me to PVR, and yep. all the movies that you will tell me to. P- God damn it! So, like, <laughs> a year from now, I'll pull out the Seinfeld. You need a summer of Dave. I do need a summer of <laughs> you Dave. Need a
0: three months off, where all you do is watch stuff and hang out with your dog. Damn,
1: that sounds amazing, right? My old roommate Neil used to work his butt off from like September through till June. And then he would take two months off and just like travel and just hang out around the house.
0: Sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a great idea. Anyway. Think of all the outlander you could watch. Sweet, sweet outlander. <laughs> you watch it yet? <laughs> no, not yet.
1: Okay. It's coming. It'll it'll get there. It's been a busy busy couple weeks. Yeah. Um so we could talk about Seinfeld and, and the, the main characters. Like we have Jerry, Kramer, George, Elaine. Yep. I would also lump Newman and George's parents into that and maybe Jerry's parents cuz they recur so I feel like often. we see
0: George's parents more. We do. So I would I would go with George's over Jerry's parents cuz yeah. Jerry's parents were there but not to the same extent, sure. extent, right? Yeah.
1: Now when we found out that we were doing this and this was directed at me, and it's something that I I am so familiar with. Right. I really prepared for this. I've got three pieces, well, two and a half pieces of paper here of stuff that I've typed. Typed. Because that's how excited
0: I am for this one, you guys. <laughs> if you guys ask Dave questions, he prepares. True story. <laughs> well, it depends on the question, but. Well, hey. So far,
1: my track record it's 100%. is 100%. Like... So, yeah. So on my. I wrote down a list of side characters because Justin asked for favorite characters and side characters. And
0: who's your favorite of the four? The key four. Let's let's start there. It's got to be right? George.
1: I love Kramer. I yeah. love Kramer, but George is just so neurotic and so quirky. I think so is Kramer. Yep. But
0: if you want to take George, mine no, be I think Kramer. I, okay,
1: yeah, I, I I've got to go with George. I love Kramer, but I've got to go with George. That's fair. Yeah. And you're a Kramer guy. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> How I mean <laughs> they're both so well written. Yes. And there's a difference, and I and I love Elaine. Like yep. Jerry is, despite the fact that he's a comedian. But he's the even keel. He's the straight man yep. of the four. Yeah. He has his moments, but like he is the straight sure. man to the other three. But yep. he's also the only one who's not an actor. Right. He's a comedian first, actor second, whereas Michael Richards. Jason Alexander and Julie Julie, Julie Julia, Julia?
0: Louis Dreyfus. Yep, the Meryl Streep of television. Absolutely. How it, many Emmys is she up to? A million. Like five straight for Veep now, and yeah. how many for Seinfeld? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like she's just tremendous. And she, she she could build an Emmy out of Emmys. There you go. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So they not only are those characters well written, but they're well acted. Yep. And so, and I and I like Julie Louis Dreyfus, but there's something so quirky about the other two. And yeah. and the, Michael Rick
0: Richards and Jason Alexander really embrace those characters. Well, and Elaine brings balance. Yeah, a lot of the time, where well, it is like George is saying something silly, she gets the one liner to like show that he's being silly. Yeah, and you're like, well, and, oh, and she's yeah.
1: also she brings the brains. Yep. She's certainly the most educated of the four. Oh, easily. And the most intelligent, yep. without question. So that is kind of her shtick, is she's the the really intelligent one who kind of lowers herself to hang with these three guys. Right. The other three aren't dumb, but they're not... Elaine. Elaine. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of them went to college. I don't think I don't think so. it ever comes up. They talk about being in high school, or maybe they went to, like, JC or something like that. But yeah. But, like... Whenever we talk whenever we see or hear about George and Jerry from when they were younger, it's always when they were in high school. Right. So I I feel like I feel like they didn't go to college where Elaine definitely did. Yeah. So I like she brings that, that intelligence. Kramer brings the goofiness.
0: And it's that goofiness that I like. Yeah. Because it, it is he if it's just a straight complaining about dating, and especially when thinking about it when watching it when I'm younger. Yeah. They're just talking about dating. George and Jerry are sitting mm-hmm. on the couch dating. And then Kramer bursts in, steals a bunch of food, and is doing something ridiculous. Yeah. That was what got my attention when I wasn't getting all of the dating jokes.
1: Sure. And then and then you have uh, – but then you have the neuroses that is George. Yep.
0: Yeah. And so the four like Which, so the older I get, the more I appreciate George, yeah. but I still have such a, a large spot in my heart for Kramer. Sure. And his Technicolor Dreamcoat that I just I can't. The Merv Griffin set. Like it's just he yeah. does so many off the wall things. Yeah. That I just I love that. And angle. that's totally
1: fair. And like I don't begrudge your decision and tomorrow I might say Kramer. Like yep. this is one of those things, it's one, where I love the character so much that It just depends on how I feel, and today I'm feeling like George is my favorite. There you go. That said, if you were to add in Newman and Frank Costanza into the main group of characters, Frank Costanza takes it any day (laughs) of the week. Okay. I love George and I love Kramer, but Frank Costanza, Jerry Stiller is the best.
0: He's pretty great in that.
1: And when you get him with Estelle, who I can't remember. I don't know the lady who plays Estelle.
0: Oh, you go ahead.
1: Um, that their relationship, especially when like when George is living at home and when he's just so miserable because the two of them are just nattering at each other and yeah. yelling. And it's just like you can you can tell that they love each other, but you can tell that they hate each other at the same time. Yep. And that is, from what I understand from every TV show I've ever seen, what marriage is like after 50 years. Seems like it. And so watching their relationship is amazing. But like...
0: Estelle Harris. Her name is actually Estelle. Oh, okay.
1: Great. Well, there you go. So yeah, watching their relationship and then their relationship with their son is so fun for me. Yeah. And I don't know how many times, like watching the outtakes and everything, every time Jerry Stiller would say something and just kind of like lose his mind... Watching the other ones break because they just couldn't hold it in. Like it would just And they're trying. And they're they're trying trying so so hard. They are trying so hard.
0: And he never did, Jerry Stiller. He would never break. No. Because he's the consummate comedy professional. Yeah. But he just he nails everything. Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap. He's just perfect. That's why his kid got it too. Exactly. Like, yeah, Ben Stiller. It is so good at that sort of stuff. Yeah, I can't wait till he's like six. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
1: like you think about what Jerry Stiller's like right now. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't wait till your son, who I knew before I knew you. Yeah. Is your age? It's gonna be
0: tremendous. That's gonna be fun.
1: So, getting beyond the main characters, who are some it, of the secondary characters that you really, really like?
0: Number one, always and forever is Peterman. There is nothing oh, interesting. anywhere close to make my to list. Do. Really?
1: No, I like Peterman. I really do. But
0: he's so ridiculous. He is kind of ridiculous. And the voice is so perfect for it. Yeah. And his stories that go nowhere, that but they're true. amazing.
1: Maybe I should reconsider. It's just my list is so good. Yeah, yeah but it's Peterman.
0: Yeah. Like for me, it, it will always be Peterman. And then when he goes off into the jungle for to some the Burmese reason,
1: jungle. I'm in I'm in Burma, Burma. You may remember it as Myanmar, but she will always be Burma to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Like, okay. Yeah. And his ridiculous catalog and yeah.
1: Yeah, it Peterman. is. It it is good. I I do, and I love that Elaine just found her niche there, and yeah. and the two of them played off each other really well. So well. Um, my favorite, without question, is David Putty.
0: That's fair. That was that would be my number two. Yeah.
1: Patrick Warburton was so, so good. High and like
0: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> the best David Putty episode without question is the one where he's got the, the fur coat. Oh, yeah. And then Elaine ends up throwing it out the window, but it's somebody else's fur coat. And so anyway, so Jerry, there's a whole kerfuffle and Jerry ends up wearing it. And so Putty sees him and he said, oh, I saw Jerry wearing it. It looked like a little bit of a dandy. And so he ends up wearing the eight ball jacket at the end. Yeah. You got a question? Ask the eight ball. you going to wear that all the time. All sides point to yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He was one of those guys. He wasn't in a lot. But no. when he was, those episodes were really solid. You just it's knew true. that like there are certain episodes when a character appears. And I'm not talking about just Seinfeld in television in general. When a certain character appears, you know, it's just going to be a good episode. Yep. And that's how I feel about David Putty.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Um, I'll tell you who one of my favorite characters is, Bob Sacamano. You never see Bob Sacamano. He's Kramer's friend, who oh, he's always talking about. Oh, well, you know my friend yeah, Bob Sacamano, right? Kate. He's one of those friends who like you hear about him all the time. And Kramer's got these friends, and that's one of the thing. One of the other things that Justin was asking about was was kind of running gags in the show. Yeah. And one of the, one of my, one of my, I don't even actually think I wrote it down because I knew it would come up anyway, was all the friends that Kramer has that nobody else ever meets, (laughs) you just hear about them. And Bob Sacramento is the number one. Okay. And in one of my episodes, we'll get to it because it's, it's high up on my list. So I'll I'll talk about that one later. But Bob Sacramento comes up. So he's like, he was number three on my list behind David Putty, Frank Costanza, because I just love hearing (laughs) about him despite the fact that you never see him.
0: Well, if we're tying it into the running gags, then I can throw fake George Steinbrenner in here because that's one of my favorite running gags that Seinfeld ever did. He's on here too. Is he on your your fake – or your side character one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because it's just – he's so ridiculous. And I – at the time when I was that age, I knew nothing about the New York Yankees. Yeah. Barely cared about baseball. Right. Gee, I wonder how that happened, huh? (laughs) So – but it's just like he's so ridiculous. And I love the fact that you never see him. Yeah. He was like Wilson from Home Improvement. It's just like only way funnier, whereas Wilson was the voice of reason. But still. Yeah, well, and
1: it's just like you'd see you would always see from George coming into this long office and walking down is usually when he was getting in trouble or Or whatever, like there was the one time when they were eating lunch together, and like George would sit there, but you would always see it from behind the back of his head, the back of his head. So you have this big hair, and like it was Larry David playing him, like you could tell because of the
0: voice. Yeah, Larry David can't hide his voice. No, Larry David is Larry David is Larry David. Yeah,
1: and there's a few different times where Larry David was in the show and various things. Like he plays, uh, there's one episode where George, uh, where this woman thinks that George is going to go crazy. Right. He's showing all the signs of kind of going mentally unstable. And, yeah. uh George thinks that uh, uh, that the restaurant cashier, the the coffee shop cashier didn't give him the proper amount of change because he had a bill with lipstick on it or like with the doodle on the, on the president. And so anyway, at the end of the episode, he's going to buy a pack of gum and he goes to pay for it. And Larry David is the guy in there and says, oh, excuse me, your highness, because George is wearing the the Richard Third, I think, oh, outfit. right. And so he's walking down the street wearing this outfit with Kramer and he says, excuse me, your highness, we don't accept bills with, uh, with the, where the president's got lipstick or something. And that's Larry David. Larry David plays uh, Frank Costanza's lawyer. Yep. The guy with the cape. I remember like, that. He's in a few different, but as George Steinbrenner. Amazing. He's the best.
0: And um, again, that's one of my favorite running gags. Just all of it.
1: And there are, uh, I will say in the final episode there is a gag that gets brought back because at one the one episode where how did George uh, he he leaves his car at the at Yankee Stadium right and so Steinbrenner thinks he's the first one in for and the last one in there like he's always like because his car is always there he's uh, he's uh, he thinks he's always there anyway so at one burning point burning
0: the midnight oil or. Something, something
1: like that, and so anyway, at one point, the car gets damaged. Uh, I think it's the episode where uh, Jerry's like Elaine gets her friend to to wear just the bra as a top, and she's oh yeah, and so they get into a car accident in George's car, right? Anyway, um, Steinbrenner thinks that Costanza's dead, and so he goes to the Costanza's house to tell uh, Frank and Estelle, and as he's sitting there, he's being all morose about it and everything like that, and Frank says. And he goes off. He's like, what the hell do you trade J. Buena for? And he goes (laughs) off about his poor management decisions. (laughs) And in the final episode, Steinbrenner's on the stand talking, you know, being a a character witness or whatever the case was. And you see Frank in the the back and he yells up, how could you sign Hideki Rabu? And it's just like (laughs) bringing that gag back was amazing. And I laughed so hard because it's like – he should be devastated about losing his son and all I can think about is how you could trade Jay Buhner.
0: cuz he's a Yankee fan. Because
1: he's a Yankee fan? Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> one of my favorite gags. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a running gag cuz it only happened twice, but it was something that yeah. they brought back, which I appreciate. That's fair. Is there one particular running gag that you that you that you really really enjoy? Like, I mean, there's a ton of them, but like Okay. <laughs> I've got a list, like
0: outside of the one that I already mentioned. Oh, is, is that like, your?
1: Is that your favorite? I, that's your number one.
0: Unless we're counting George Steinbrenner as a side character, which I'm okay with.
1: It's a little bit of both, like because
0: he is kind of a running gag. It's true. But if you want me to pick another running gag, it's the "Who's this?" Whenever George phones Jerry, it's like Jerry in a panic. Jerry, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. Jerry. <laughs> and then they start smacking the phone against the phone booth. Yes, <laughs> that's one of mine too. Yep. Uh, and there's one time when Jerry phones Elaine. I think so. I think. Yeah. I was Where say Elaine. Where she does it to him.
1: He's kind of in a panic. And who is this? Yeah. yeah. It's
0: when uh, he's trying to buy the car from Putty. Isn't it? When he's at the dealership, oh, he's like, you have to get down to the dealership. The car, the car is now yellow. I don't know. You yeah. have to get down Maybe here. I, you might be right. I think that's when she's like, who is this? <laughs> I
1: can't remember. Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and I, I like it when that happens, when when somebody does something and then somebody else brings it back. Yeah. And so one of my favorites, it might be my favorite, is when Jerry doesn't want to do something. Like, when he's got the puffy shirt, he's like, you can be a pirate. He goes, I don't want to be a pirate. And then, like, there's another one, I don't want to be a cowboy. Like, he gets all upset about this. Yep. But later after that, I don't want to be a pirate, which is one of the best episodes, even though it's not on my list. But well. moving on. There's only room for 12, including right. honorable mentions. I couldn't have them all. Otherwise, I would. <laughs> um, so what
0: we should have done is what you always do with me for films. is I tell you what's on my list, you could be like, oh, thank God. Okay, I don't need that one. I don't need that one. We'll talk about this that one. That is end. true, actually. <laughs>
1: uh, but anyway, so he's got the I don't want to be a pirate. And there's one episode where Kramer, he says something about dressing like a pirate. And I was like, oh, you're going to be a pirate. He goes, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> And so it's like the same, only the opposite, because right. of course Kramer would want to be a pirate.
0: Because he's Kramer, Because he's, he's awesome. Kramer. Yeah. Yes.
1: We were going to make this short, and we're it's now not at half an hour. So is there any final comments you want to make before we get to
0: talk? I don't think we've hit all of the, the running gags or side characters we want to, so let's take a few more minutes on this. Okay. Are we gonna do you want to cut down the only time we're going to talk about Seinfeld on this podcast? I
1: just wanted to to check to make sure and I'm I'm sure anybody who's a Seinfeld fan won't care if we go a little bit. Oh no, it's an
0: hour and fifteen minutes. Instead of
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: We haven't talked about Elaine dancing yet as a running gag.
1: We'll get to that.
0: Not as a running gag. It's a running
1: gag. Sure, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It (laughs) is. We'll
0: get to that as a but it is a running gag. It is a running gag. Um, and then others do it, which is when it's amazing.
1: Yeah. In the puffy shirt episode.
0: Yep. Holy crap. Yeah, man. It all just like, all of a sudden these <laughs> things just, you start talking about it and all of a sudden you realize you're oh, like, no. Oh wow. It's not Isn't
1: the puffy it? shirt episode. No. Oh, I thought it was. No. I was thinking about a different thing where something happened. Cause at the end of the puffy shirt episode, everybody like there's a bunch of homeless guys on the street and like
0: wearing the puffy shirts. Yeah. And right. it,
1: it, you know, that's a nice look. Uh Elaine dancing at the end of the the first episode where she dances, all the guys start dancing. But I'll, I'll get to that because it's gotcha. It's okay. in my top
0: my top. I thought ten. you did dance in the puffy shirt one, but maybe it was yeah. just like a little something or I'm blending some episodes. It's been a while. <sighs> yeah.
1: Um I'm a big fan of Art Vandele. Anytime yeah. George That was fakes on my short name, list as well. Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh um, what's the what's Kramer's doctor? Doctor Van Nostrand Van Nostrin. Dr. Van Nostrand. That's right. He always has the, like, tweed jacket with the leather things and, like, a pipe.
1: Except the episode where he's got the meat slicer because he's a butcher. And so he's got the, like, the, the lab coat. Yeah. Just amazing. You hang around long enough, they'll give you anything. <laughs> I do love Kramer. Like, a lot of my running gags are about Kramer. Like, every scheme that he has to make money yep. is amazing. His Like, his, his sayings, like, giddy up and oh mama and just, like... When he gets that really high pitch and like, oh, no. like
0: he starts making noises, yeah, just noises.
1: Yeah, there's there's something about Kramer that's just absolutely the door. Well, and that's that's the big one. Everybody loves,
0: and one of the main reasons I was like, I'm not really ready to move on sure. from the running gags yet because yeah. the the door. And I don't remember which episode it is, but there's that one episode where the door is locked. Oh, my God. And I love that moment so much. But I can't remember. I was looking before you came over, and I'm just like, what episode is that from? I
1: think Jerry locks the door, doesn't he? He does.
0: Like... Jerry locks the door, and Kramer just, like, slams into it.
1: What's going on in there? (laughs) Uh, I can't remember what episode... Oh, God. Now that's going to bug me. Yeah, We'll
0: look it up. Yeah,
1: because I definitely know, because he's trying to hide something from Kramer. I can't remember what anyway yeah there's a lot of episodes to get through I'm like if i had a little bit more time and wasn't put right on the spot i'd be like oh yeah, yeah no fits. exactly but, um i'm a big fan of Watley. we're kind Remind of jumping me? uh he's uh brian cranston he ah, plays the dentist yep, okay thank you um we're kind Did of jumping not back. remember
0: his name but yeah i definitely remember brian cranston's
1: dentist yeah dr tim Watley. he comes up in my like a lot of it's funny a lot of my favorite characters come up in a lot of my epi- in my favorite episodes like yep. they don't they're the episodes that don't just necessarily revolve around the four it revolves around them plus
0: yeah that's so fair. yeah we haven't talked about Newman at all who is both a an amazing side character and a running gag
1: it's true Hello Newman is the probably if I had to guess the most quoted thing from Seinfeld probably maybe not so much now I mean I don't think Seinfeld is quoted very much now as often quoted, unless you grew up watching it like I still quote it fairly regularly but like more Jerry when he's kind of sarcastic and somebody's complaining about something oh that's a shame like I'd say that's a shame fairly regularly particularly at work but like or giddy up like yep so I will pull references but hello Newman hello Newman was so often referenced yep and it was a gag, and their the, Jerry's and Newman's rivalry was amazing.
0: Yep, and it seemed like Newman got the upper hand quite often because mm-hmm. it was his sole goal in life to get the upper hand, which yeah. is why I don't know if the Millennium—it's not okay. But watching Jerry win that Millennium Party thing at the very end, I think is one of Jerry's best moments his in the show.
1: Moments, thus quite lame. <laughs> and then the the sound that Wayne knight is like a. <clears throat> Yep. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking about that one too. So I love that. And I don't, I actually ended up deleting it because I found another episode that I liked more. So it bumped off my list. So it would be like my third honorable mention is the, um, the Bizarro Jerry episode.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That didn't make my list either. But where there's the weird clones of everybody.
1: Yeah. All three of them. So Kevin and Gene and Feldman. This guy, we just call him Feldman. Um, <laughs> when they
0: meet on the street, yeah, and which so is have, then referenced in Shaun of the Dead, which is also amazing. Which is also
1: amazing. Uh, but yeah, so you have the the three of them meet, and like, but then Elaine's in the in the Bizarro apartment and everything like that. And at the end, or and then at some point, it's like the guy knocks, and is like, "Who is it?" It's Fargus from across the hall. Oh, right. And so it goes in opposite, and it's like, "Hello, Fargus. Hello, Kevin." And they're like shake hands and they're like chummy. Yeah, it's just so perfect. Just the complete antithesis of what Kramer and Jerry is because it's in the Bizarro. Or sorry, a Newman, Newman and Kramer yep. or Jerry is because it's the Bizarro Jerry world, and yep. it's just it's it's perfect. Getting to see that last that that one other Bizarro moment. Was terrific. It really
0: worked out well. Yeah,
1: it really did. Plus,
0: it was a running gag that broke the Bizarro, Elaine, away from the Bizarro group. It's true, yeah. Get out and shove. Yeah. Because the Bizarro people have no idea how to deal with that. <laughs> and also have weak, like, cores. It's true. Yeah. See, that's what you don't have to worry about if you ever meet Bizarro Dave. Weak core. <laughs> <laughs> I could just
1: shove him and he'll go down.
0: Yep. Perfect. <laughs> okay, in the interest of this not taking months yeah of our time and by our i mean yours and ours we are going the to move on hour. exactly yeah we are going to move on to our favorite seinfeld episodes of all time right after this sweet sweet ad for nothing
1: and we're back and because I did not guess which ancient philosopher Sean was thinking of, he gets to go first.
0: See, I may have tricked you by thinking Nietzsche, because it's not really an ancient philosopher. That—that's kind of what say my philosopher. Undoing. But yeah. I just—you just, you ancient. ancient, ancient Greek, you're so like, oh, but it—it it has be. to be Socrates. Yeah,
1: yeah. Although that does seem pretty obvious. I probably should have gone Aristotle or Plato, because Socrates is the one that everybody thinks. Yeah. Either way, I was wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's why I get to talk about the movie. My first honorable mention.
1: The movie? The movie. Which...
0: The movie is...
1: Most of the titles I can just get is, but... Oh, that'll be fun for me. Go ahead. No, this one I can't remember. Uh. I know. Um, Oh, no, no, no. It's the one where they're all going to meet at the movie, right? Yes. And uh, George buys all the four tickets. Right. And then he ends up, like, he perpetually has to leave. And, uh, okay, yeah. So then every time he comes in, the guy makes him ticket, sir. And so then he goes to give him... He always loses his ticket stub, so he goes to give... Uh, the guy a new one that he bought and then like Jerry goes in to
0: look for him and he just gets let right in because Jerry's also got the two things that like the two different because he's got the comedy show and yeah so two different gigs that are scheduled at the same time so then like all of them keep missing which movie they're going to (laughs) and then at the end of the day I think three of them three of them watch a running gag we didn't mention Rochelle 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 Rochelle. like uh, two seasons later George (laughs) is trying to return a deep or, or find a copy of Rochelle Rochelle yeah yeah, yeah,
1: that's t- yeah. Okay, yeah. So like, but at one point Kramer's like, oh, "I just need to go look for my buddy," and the usher's like, "Oh yeah, go ahead." And <laughs> yeah. George goes, He's like, oh, "Tickets, sir. I just <laughs> went in
0: there." But Kramer actually does get to see the movie that they were intending on seeing. Which movie was? I think it was Death Blow. Death.
1: It might be Death Blow. It might be. I think. That's gonna be my checkmate. guess. Check. Oh, damn checkmate. It. Right. Okay. Yeah. They have so many like random.
0: The weird Actually, movie things, other than the say English
1: patient. That might be another gag is the different movies. Cause it's yeah. like Rochelle Rochelle and Checkmate. I think there's Death Blow, but there's definitely Sack Lunch, which yep. is in the English patients episode. Cause everybody's talking about how, like, <laughs> it's like, let's go see Sack Lunch, or we can go see the English patient.
0: Yeah. Um. How do you
1: think they got into that sack? Is <laughs> it a really big sack, or are they really small? <laughs> Uh, prognosis negative is another one like there's all kinds of different movies so I think that might be another one of my favorite running gags
0: that is a good running gag
1: yeah Uh, that's a good that's a good episode Sean kind of went through a quick list of what his were and I was like just to make just to make sure to make sure that there weren't any doubles on mine and I was just like that one is uh, everyone was like that's a good episode that's good but the movie's a really good one and I always forget that. that's why I struggle so I'm like what happens? Because there's a lot of times where they go see movies. Yeah, I was trying to think think of which one it was. Right. That's that's, no, that's a fair. great one. Yeah. Uh, my first honorable mention is the limo. Oh yeah, yeah. The one where neo Nazis. The neo Nazis. George goes <laughs> to pick up Jerry from the airport, and his car breaks down. So
0: O'Brien.
1: O'Brien. Yeah. It's nice. I'm
0: actually fairly impressed with myself because I don't know Seinfeld
1: anywhere near like you do. <laughs> And Jerry was saying that he heard this O'Brien guy yelling because he had to be at Madison Square Garden. So George is like, well, let's take his limo. Yeah. And so George pretends to be O'Brien and uh, Jerry pre- pretends to be Dylan Murphy. And then they pick up Jerry and – or uh, Kramer and Elaine. Yeah. And they think they're going to the Knicks game and instead they're going to this <laughs> –
0: Neo-Nazi Nazi Nazi rally.
1: rally. Oh, it's a great episode. I like it because it doesn't take place in the in the apartment. Like you never yeah. are in Jerry's apartment. Which is very rare. Which is very rare. There's the odd occasion where it happens, but that's one where you never step foot in Jerry's apartment, and yeah. it's pretty fun. It Like, the bulk of it takes place in this, in the, in the limo.
0: <laughs> and they pick up the other neo-Nazis at a certain point. It's yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't George end up on stage at the podium yelling for Jerry?
1: Yeah, because they, like, they get to the... They get to it's Madison right Square Garden. It's right beside Madison Square Garden. Like, the, yeah. the Knicks are playing, I think it's the Knicks-Bulls, are playing at Madison Square Garden. So it's right. right beside Madison Square Garden where there's this rally. And everybody starts crowding along the... I don't think he gets up on the stage, but he's, like, being interviewed. Like, like, he's like on the camera into, and everything like that. and like.
0: I thought he was getting, like, pulled into and up to the podium. He might be, yeah.
1: But, like, I just remember... I think we see it from the from the news angle. And it's just, like, yeah. O'Brien oh, and...
0: Jerry! 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 Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, great episode. That is a very good episode. Yeah. My other honorable mention is the boyfriend slash the new friend, which is the combo of where they're trying to figure out whether or not New York Mets player Keith Hernandez spit on them or not, and Jerry does an entire, just basically a scene from JFK about being spat on from the angles and stuff, it's- and it's just replaying old footage like it's JFK over and over again. I barely remember anything else that happens in that. Like, what Elaine's doing, I would have no idea. But the whole sections of the whole Keith Hernandez story with Newman and Kramer and Jerry is just... That's an honorable mention for me on its own. It's so good. And,
1: I mean, Elaine's kind of roped into that too because she ends up going on a date with Keith Hernandez. Right, yep. And, like, at one point... And she's
0: sitting on the couch when he's... I think so. Doing the with the stick where he's like and the That's, and then the spit with pauses. the gol- with the,
1: the putter I think. Putter. Yeah. Yeah. In mid-air, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is where where I like the the Jerry Newman relationship because yeah. they hate each other but at the same time they hang out and like they will abide each other. Yeah. And they're like
0: Because of Kramer largely, but For yes. sure,
1: but they're they're going through this and talking about it. <laughs> he's like he's using the putter on on Newman and like and Newman's just kind of standing there, kind of like, yeah. So matter-of-factly, he's like, "That's one magic loogie."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Best line of the episode. It is. That's. I love the the whole breakdown. I didn't know that was from JFK.
0: Yeah, that's a JFK okay. thing. Okay. I knew it was because it's a magic. It's the magic bullet theory. Yeah. Right. Well, I knew so it was
1: about JFK. Like, I knew that it was like the the whole. Oh
0: yeah, it's basically lifted directly from JFK. JFK. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's amazing. Which is one of those movies I would love to see. It's just when and how. And I know it's, like, two and a half hours long. Like, it's a... Oh, yeah. It's it's, long. It's an epic.
0: It's a lot of Kevin Costner talking. A lot. He does that well. He does. Mm Mm-hmm. Just not on water.
1: (laughs) We've done that one already. Uh, My second (laughs) honorable mention is the fatigues. Okay. It's the one where Elaine hires the guy who always wears, like, army fatigues, and he's, like, really rough and kind of has that low voice, and he basically... She hires him at the Peterman catalog, and then she promotes oh, him from yeah. the mailroom upstairs so that she never kind of has to deal with him. And so then everybody else gets all offended and and they quit and so it's just the two of them. But that's the episode where Jerry goes down to visit his dad, his parents in Florida, and he buys them the the world's greatest dad T-shirt. And then you have Lloyd Bridges uh, as one of the Mandelbombs, right? Okay, and now, he ends up throwing his back out.
0: See, I don't remember the Lane side of it, but I definitely remember. the And Mandel this bombs. is why I like it is, kay. but it all
1: ties in because. That's this also the same episode where Kramer needs somebody to cook for his his Jewish singles thing, and he gets Frank Costanza to do it. Oh. But Frank won't cook because of the one time he used rancid meat and oversalted it during the Korean War. Right. Um, I remember
0: all this now.
1: Yeah, that's yep. also the same episode where Kramer gets Jerry to bring back the Cubans, but not the cigars, but the actual three the actual Cubans. Cubans. Yeah. It's
0: just which is our kind of a running gag because there's an earlier, isn't there? Because he does end up getting cigars, as well. Oh, I think he does. Yeah, because yeah. he does get Cuban cigars. Because isn't that how the cabin burns down?
1: Yeah. Oh, so. but I think I can't remember if those are ones that he gets smuggled or if somebody gave them to him. I can't. Yeah, remember. I don't remember. Yeah. But like, he does end do kind up. Of, yeah, with, as he goes running off, he's like Kramer does Cubans. talk about the yeah. Cubans a lot. So yeah. yeah, so it's it's just amazing and like the three different Mandel bombs and you know you think you're tougher than me and the Mandel bombs come back in another episode. I it's just. It's one of those episodes where it's kind of you pull on the thread and then all of a sudden it's just like,
0: oh, this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. Kind of like what happened earlier, which then changed my list dramatically. Yeah. As we will get to. Yeah. And another reason it was good that I'm going first. (laughs) My number 10 is The Dealership, which is one of the episodes I definitely do like from season 9.
1: And that's the one where Kramer – or sorry, Jerry is buying a new car.
0: Yes, from David Putty. Who was just promoted to car salesman, but – Elaine and Putty have broken up, so Jerry needs Putty to come down. But it's also the one where Kramer goes on the test drive to see how long you can go the on Thelma an empty, and ending? The empty gas tank with the guy. <laughs> yes,
1: is that also the episode where George's candy bar gets stuck in the vending machine? Twix, yeah, the Twix, and yep. the the vending machine guy. He basically gets two, and then George frames them and like does a whole interrogation on the candy bar. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, et- and that's where they because. Putty and Elaine hadn't broken up yet. They were together at the beginning of the episode, which yes. is why Jerry was buying the car. And then, but they broke up because of the high fives. Right. Because uh, Putty kept high fiving
0: people. Because that was his new thing. Yeah. And Elaine couldn't handle it, so they broke up, and then they got back together. Because all of a sudden he started adding, like, undercoatings, and yeah. all of a sudden it's yellow, like we talked about before. <laughs> You can probably tell when I'm making a reference to it in the first half of the podcast that it's going to show up on this list. Yeah. But yeah. So the, my number 10 is The Dealership.
1: Nice. Uh, my number 10 is The Yada Yada.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, so that's when Dr. Watley, Tim Watley, <laughs> becomes Jewish because he wants to be able to tell the jokes. Right. Um, it's the one where George's girlfriend, Yada Yada, is over everything. Yeah. Like, my ex came over last night, Yada Yada Yada. I'm really tired today. Yeah. But you you wouldn't yada yada sex. I've yada yaded sex. <laughs> like that might be the most quoted thing from Seinfeld. Yeah. It has maybe. become part of
0: Actual vernacular. Everyday
1: everyday everyday vernacular. Um, but that's also the episode where Beth and Arnie Beth played by Deborah Messing. I believe so. The person who played Grace? Yep. Yeah. Um Beth and Arnie are looking to adopt and then they get into an argument or like uh, Arnie gets really upset and so Elaine has to go to bat for them to the adoption guy. Right. Uh, But that's also the episode where Kramer and Mickey double date and they aren't sure who wants which one and so like uh, they end up picking and then but they aren't sure if they're the right one. Anyway, Mickey ends up marrying his his girl and they all go to the wedding and um, uh, Robert Vaughn, I think. no. No, not Robert Vaughn. Who plays number two? It's Robert Wagner. Robert Wagner yeah. plays. That's um, what I was going
0: with. I, I mean, yeah. I think you're thinking. Yeah, Robert, Robert, Robert Wagner
1: yeah. Uh, plays Mickey's dad, who is Doctor Watley's teacher. Yeah, and Jerry was the anti-dentite because he makes anti-dentite anti-dentist jokes. Yeah, and then it turns out that Beth is uh, also anti-Semitic. It's just like. Again, it's one of those episodes where they're all kind of connected, but at the end, it's just, it's hysterical. And, and it
0: swings everything together.
1: Exactly. You're yep. a rabbit and tight tight. Love it.
0: Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yep.
1: So
0: that's my number 10. Cool. My number nine is the Cadillac, which is technically a two parter. Uh, Jerry gets a high paying gig, buys a Cadillac for his parents in mm-hmm. Florida. But. This leads to an entire saga of Jerry and Elaine going down to Florida to go scuba diving, but there's a terrible pullout bed, so Elaine's back is wrecked. So she's on, she's pain, on medication. pain medication, so she's all whacked out.
1: Jerry's on Jerry goes scuba diving, and and both his blood both like blood vessels, blood vessels rupture, so he looks he's got two black eyes.
0: Yep. There's a whole
1: well, uh, there's an award clump, thing for yeah.
0: Well, I was going with Jack Klompus oh, accuses Klompas. accuses Jerry's dad of embezzling money from the condo board to buy the Cadillac, whereas Jerry's dad's like, no, my son bought it for me. He's like, a comedian can't make that much money. That's the astronaut pen. Astronaut pen? Yeah. Yep. George wanting to meet Marissa Tomei is this. Oh, See, was man. See, because
1: yep. I, I can remember all the stuff from down in Florida, but I forgot that that was the Marissa Tomei episode. It's the Marissa
0: Tomei episodes. Oh, man. That's
1: so good. <laughs> like- like, I was going to say Jack, Klomp- Jack Klompas is one of my favorite recurring characters. Oh, yeah. I love That's Jack fair.
0: Klompas. He's fun. Yeah. He's really fun.
1: Yeah, that is a good... I, I forgot it was a two-part episode, but I yeah, also like... Is. I forgot about the Marissa Tomei sideline there. That's really good. Yeah. And like, Elaine... Because I, I can't remember whose name is Stella, but then she starts going on about Streetcar and, like, everybody's yep. kind of getting in an argument. And then
0: that's all right this at the
1: end, Elaine just yells up, and Stella! And I you might not sh-
0: be remembering, but this is also Kramer's Odyssey with the cable guy. Oh, That's in these two as well. Oh, man. With the Vertigo references and all of it. That is this. Oh, God.
1: And this is the thing. Like, it's, it's about <laughs> nothing, but it's so... Good.
0: Yep.
1: Oh, Uh, my number
0: jeez. Yeah, so my number nine is the Cadillac.
1: Nice. My number nine is the Silly Jerry.
0: I was thinking. I knew this one was going to be on there. Yeah. Somehow.
1: Yeah. Putty steals Jerry's move. And well, so.
0: How do you not lead with Ass
1: Man? Wow. Well, because that all kind of culminates at the end. So yeah, but, Kramer but gets. To be fair, Kramer gets his new license plates, and it's. Ass man, like he he's get he just want a new place and he he sees and he's it's like ass man. He's like oh that that's not right, but they won't they won't deal with it down at the dealership. Yep. Uh so there's that. Putty steals Jerry's move, and so Jerry ends up taking his car to a different mechanic and realizes that he's getting built on on everything. Right. Um. So George learns Jerry's move because he's desperate for a new move, but he could, didn't do it right. So he ends up writing it on his hand. And so at the end, after he finishes, is the girl he's with sees it on his hand and, like, gives him crap for that. But that's also where Estelle has surgery and uh, Kramer drives her home with the car with the plates that say Ass Man. And so she's feeling all good. And then he stops short. And so he puts his arm out. And, like, that's Frank's move. And so right right at the end, they meet. And earlier in the episode, Jerry or Kramer had made Jerry the Pusilli Jerry because he's silly. Yeah, and they're getting into an argument, and uh, Frank ends up sitting on the fusilli Jerry, and so then they meet at the at the hospital, and that's where Kramer meets the actual Ass Man,
0: which is just. Huh. But you do need to lead with him getting those do. plates. Yeah. You have to. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, oh god, I'm Cosmo <laughs> Kramer, the Ass Man. He's so quotable. I think yes. that's one of the reasons why he's so good.
0: Yes, it definitely is. Yeah. My number eight? Well, sorry. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, my number eight is the opposite. Okay. (sighs) I'm waiting to see if Dave knows it. That's why there's a pause.
1: Well, I I can't remember exactly because I know there's one we were where George does
0: George comes everything in? the opposite of his instinct that's what this that's one is one? okay George comes into Monk's Cafe and he's like if every instinct you have is wrong then the opposite has to be right okay and this is the beginning of where George starts becoming successful but Elaine despite the raise at Pendant Publishing and there's the merger with the Japanese and stuff but she gets kicked out of her apartment for like Canadian quarters and the laundry and all of that oh, sort of stuff oh
1: yeah see I remember the George side but I forget the Elaine side yeah okay
0: uh, yeah. okay
1: so so it's like there's a shift in the universe, and as one gets more successful, the yep. other one... Because okay. she
0: buys the Judy fruits when she's supposed to be going to see Jake in the hospital. Jake Jarmel, that's yes. the Jujifruit fruit episode? Yes, it is. Oh. This is also when Kramer goes on Regis and Kathy Lee.
1: With the coffee table with book. With the coffee table book. Oh, okay, this is a great episode. Yes, it okay. is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's also the episode where, like, we were talking about how, how George becomes more successful and er, and Elaine becomes less successful. Yeah. But there's also the episode where George quits having sex and he becomes really, really smart. Right. And Elaine quits having sex and becomes really, really dumb. Right. So there, there's another point where they both shift, but it's in intelligence as opposed to... The
0: abstinence? The, it, that might be like what that? that's called, I think yeah. that's what that one's called. But no, this is the opposite because it's based on George doing the exact opposite of what every instinct he has ever had.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm George. I'm 40 years old. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents and she like kicks out the chair for him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah thinking, exactly. Yeah. But the thing, like Elaine gets kicked out of her apartment literally for Canadian quarters and buzzing a jewel thief and a group of Jehovah Witnesses past security. Oh, yeah. And like all of this weird, weird stuff. Like germs, the handkerchief thing with the Japanese business businessman and the, all of that is in here.
1: Is that the one where and Kramer is, has the Japanese businessman sleeping in the drawer? I believe it is. Okay.
0: <laughs> if not, oh, correct me. It might Twitter. not be cuz if he's
1: on Regis and Kathy Lee, I don't I
0: don't know. There's a few episodes with Japanese businessmen. Yeah. So it, it might, might be a
1: different one. I don't
0: really Oh no no, cuz that's the one with the hot tub. Oh. Because the which I think it's just called The Hot Tub, is it not?
1: No, that's not the one with the hot tub. There's something where the the wood swells and they they end up and I thought it was from the hot tub, but the one with the hot tub is the one with John Paul the marathon runner. Okay. And Kramer has the internal alarm and he forgets, to, oh no, he, he must have hit the snooze. And that's why, because uh, John was, Paul is staying at Jerry's place because he got kicked out of Lane's place. Yeah. Oh my God. Because
0: he was late for the Olympics, but he wanted to make sure he was on time for the New York Marathon. For the New York Marathon, right.
1: yeah. Oh my God. There's just so many. There's only room for 12. And like that one could very well, on another yeah. day, that one could be in my top
0: 10. And what's awesome about the opposite is this is also how George gets his job at the Yankees, which means that this is how George Steinbrenner gets into the series. Right. Because it's against all of his instincts to try for it. So he does and he nails it. Right. Yes.
1: That's another – we're totally but going back go and for forth it. as we tend to do. That's another one of my favorite running gags is when George is perpetually unemployed and he's sitting at the coffee table like all morose. And he's like, yep. well, I like sports. I could do something in sports. Yeah, well, what could you do in sports? I don't know, like a general manager of a baseball team or like a broadcaster? Well, those are, sure, sure, but those are positions they usually give to ex-athletes. Well, that's not fair. I know. I yeah. love, because that happens a few times where you just see George sitting there and it's like, it's it's perfect. Um, I We should also mention that Mr. Wilhelm is played by Carl Malden.
0: Yep, which is true. kind of amazing.
1: Like Carl Malden, who was in a streetcar named Desire so many years ago, and like, yeah. it's pretty cool that he was still kicking around, around doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, my number eight is the Soup Nazi. Okay,
0: it was on my short list.
1: Everybody knows the episode. Yep. I'm not. This is one of those ones where like I probably don't need to get too entrenched in it, but like we all know there's the Soup Nazi who likes people to order soup a particular way and so elaine doesn't she gets banished from the from the soup store uh she ends up finding an armoire and wants the and then she buys this armoire but she can't move it in so kramer's gonna look after it for overnight and then the two like gay dominican thugs find it and because we see them in another episode on like dominican day yeah um but they steal the armoire from kramer uh, but oh, that's also the episode where Jerry and his girlfriend are, like, overly cute and kind of schmaltzy, and they call like, each other "smoopy."
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and so then he has to pick between her and the soup, and, like, it's just—it's a great episode.
0: Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a really great episode, and it's one of the most well-known episodes, Exactly,
1: too. which is why I felt like I didn't really need to get into it, because yep. everybody knows that episode.
0: That's fair. Yeah. My number seven is The Marine Biologist. I don't think we need Dave to describe what happens here, but this is the one where George claims he's a marine biologist. Oh, my God. Where Jerry meets a friend from college. So Jerry oh, there you go. go. He does go to college. Okay. Uh, so they go on a date, but it's also tied into Kramer giving Elaine an electronic organizer, but he also got 600 golf balls. And so, so he he's goes on the to beach hitting dri- them. Yeah. Yeah. But he only really catches hold of one, but it ends with probably the best monologue in any seinfeld i
1: at top five for like sure the
0: dramatic retelling of george
1: the sea was angry my day, that day my friends and the, and so the monologue is great yeah but then it's like as he pulls that out and it's just that that revelation and the crowd goes crazy, crazy.
0: yep i actually have the monologue here okay great fire <laughs> away I can't do it like George, obviously, sure. so I'm just going to yeah. read it. But So I started to walk into the water. I won't lie to you boys. I was terrified, but I pressed on. And as I made my way past the breakers, a strange calm came over me. I don't know if it was divine intervention or the kinship of all living things, but I tell you, Jerry, at that moment, I was a marine biologist. The sea was angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. I got about 50 feet out, and suddenly the great beast appeared before me. I tell you, he was 10 stories high if he was a foot. As if sensing my presence, he let out a great bellow. I said, easy, big fella. And then, as I watched him struggling, I realized there was something obstructing its breathing. From where I was standing, I could see directly into the eye of the great fish, Mammal. whatever. <laughs> and then it it goes on. Oh God! And then he pulls out the golf, golf ball, ball, and, and they it's a just list. go crazy. Yep. Was
1: that a title list? And he just gives that <laughs> nod and Kramer. Oh, talk about a hole in one.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> oh man, that. Any day of the week that could be my. It was it was on my short list, and it's like, ah, uh, Sean might have that one. Like, there's a I lot do. that I was like,
0: this could be on either one. This is also Kramer also does drop his shoe on Newman from the window oh, yeah, in this right. one because he's getting the sand out of his shoe and accidentally <laughs> drops it on Newman. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. But then the wave like lifts George onto the yeah. <laughs> seat down into the mighty blowhole. <laughs> so I reached in and I pulled out. What?
1: Oh yeah. And like you see, because the crowd is going so crazy, you have to see Michael Richards stalling. Like he's just, like he looks at it, and it's just like it's that moment where something's so funny with a live audience, and you yep. can tell it's live because he has to stall.
0: Yes, he does. He definitely has to stall. And so he's waiting, and the crowd fires And finally Jason Alexander is down. doing his very best, but he did a perfect thing as he tilted his head away from the audience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's just, just like,
0: it's perfect.
1: It's such a great end to that episode.
0: Probably one of my favorite moments yeah. in any Seinfeld, even though it is a little bit lower on my list. Maybe just because, like the hospital bill, electronic organizer side, I'm not as crazy about. But it's still funny. Sure. It's just it's not. It's not a completely the powerhouse that the whole marine biologist going on a date with Jerry's friend. Yeah, exactly. Going to the beach, Kramer with the beach, like all of that ties together. So, well, like you're saying, all of the threads to that moment is yeah. just so perfect. Yeah. So that is my number seven. seven?
1: My number seven is The Little Kicks.
0: I considered it. Yeah. I so, co- yeah.
1: talking about Elaine dancing, and this is the episode where they're all dancing at the end because Jerry becomes a bootlegger and starts filming movies to put on the street before... And
0: he's so good at it. And he's so good at it. The right. The Brody,
1: the guy who is the one putting them out on the street, needs Jerry to do it. Um... And so at the end he I can't, cry cry again. That's the episode, that's the movie he's filming. It's the art house piece because they're explaining it because Jerry was Jerry didn't end up booting it. Kramer was the one who did. Right. But they tell Elaine that she's terrible at at dancing, so she uses the video camera to test. And so at the end you see her doing, doing it. The dance. And so you cry and then when you see her dancing, you cry again. And so at the end, it's like, oh, here's the here's the episode the, the the footage of Deathblow that I that I filmed. And the guy's like, oh, you filmed that? And uh, and so anyway, so at the end they're walking down the street and you see a bunch of people behind doing all the like the Elaine dance. Yeah. Because they all saw the bootleg of Cry Cry, Cry, Cry again. again. That's also the episode because George meets um, he goes to Elaine's Christmas party, and that's where she dances, and she's losing control of the staff. She thinks it's because of George, right. and so she says that nobody's allowed to spend time with her friend George anymore. And so the one girl thinks that he's a bad boy, and so she spends time with him, and she only dates him because she thinks he's bad. Bad. Yeah. Oh God, it's so good. Yep. I say that about everyone. I need you to really find are. a new, a new <laughs> term for it. But it's oh, well. just it's yeah it's it's terrific. Um, the end where they're all dancing is just it's the perfect punctuation.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. So that's your number seven. Mm-hmm. My number six is the showerhead. Great episode. Jerry's parents move because he resigns from the Del Boca, Boca Vista. Yeah. Yeah. So they plan on. Well, weren't they planning on moving to a new development called Del Boca Vista? I thought that's where he was. I
1: can't because Jerry's
0: parents moved... because he had to resign from the condo board. Then they moved in with Uncle Leo into New York. Oh yeah, and then they plan on going into a new development, which is Del Boca Vista.
1: Oh, I thought it was Del Boca Vista where he got impeached from. I can't remember.
0: And then that's this is also when Jerry tells George. George starts to wonder why Frank and Estelle don't move. So then they start thinking about moving to. Are you tell me, there's no well? room in Del Boca Vista. Yeah. So, and Jerry's trying to get the buffer zone kind of figured out, but it's, it's, goes on Leno, talks about uncle Leo, a bunch, uncle Leo, a side character we never mentioned, but uncle Leo is Mom, amazing. Uncle Leo, yeah. But for me, having already established that Jay Peterman is one of my favorite characters, this is where Elaine tests positive for opium. Oh man. So, so it's, it's all. Because of, of the
1: poppy seed muffin.
0: Yep. Yeah, Cause she wants to go to Kenya with her boss, Peterman. Yeah. And so she gets the speech from Peterman about opium and like, oh, but like all of that, the low flow shower stuff, and then the black market Yugoslavian showerhead that Kramer has, which is ridiculous. And he just did
1: the elephant showerhead, yep. yeah, yeah. And so then she gets, but then Elaine gets uh, Mrs. Seinfeld to pee in a cup for her, and yep. like, you know, you didn't test positive for opium, but but now
0: you you have you're showing signs of menopause and osteoporosis <laughs> once again keeping her from going to Kenya. (laughs) And it's a... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. What, that... Kramer with the shower head is one of the best physical Uh, comedy moments
0: Yeah, in the show. on the entire show. Yep, easily.
1: It's just... There are some moments where... Complete tangent. Sure. If you ever get a chance, David Hyde Pierce at the beginning of one of the episodes of Frasier where he's getting ready for a Valentine's Day date... It's about five minutes long where he doesn't say a thing. Right. Like, he he talks at the beginning, but then, like, as he's prepping for this date, he just goes... It goes from bad to worse, and, like, he burns his finger, and then he looks at it, and then he starts to pass out. It is one of the greatest five minutes of physical comedy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah.
0: David Hyde Pierce is brilliant.
1: Exactly. And that's the same with Michael Richards, is it's not just about... the the lines. It's about the physical comedy. And him getting blasted by that elephant showerhead is one of the greatest moments of physical comedy in that entire episode. In that entire show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That was your six? That was my six. My number six
0: is The Serenity Now. I don't know that I know that one by title. Okay. I'll probably know the episode, but I don't know the title. So,
1: Frank has an anger problem, and so he gets taught to... To relieve his anger, he's supposed to say Serenity Now, but he yells Serenity Now. Okay. Um. He's also starting his own business out of his garage, selling computers, and so George is competing with Lloyd Braun to sell the most computers, Lloyd Braun having just come out of the crazy house.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: Uh, Jerry gets in trouble by his girlfriend for not really ever showing any emotion, Um, and I think that girlfriend is Lori Lachlan, who played Aunt Becky on Full House. I think so. Um... And so once he he gets mad at her for something, and so as it, as a result, the dam breaks and all his emotions get let out, and so he starts crying, and he's like, at one point he starts crying, he's like, what is this salty discharge? I think you're crying.
0: This is horrible. Um, because he's even Steven, which yeah. is a reference to one of the episodes I already talked oh, about. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and then Elaine has the shiks Appeal, where all Jewish men really love her, um, so she's trying to get rid of the shiks Appeal. Uh, So anyway, it's... Oh, and then Kramer goes to help George fix the the screen door. And so he ends up putting the screen door on the outside of his apartment. And he basically like has a a rocking chair and everything. And the kids from down the hall start start antagonizing him. And so he keeps saying Serenity Now to try and relieve the stress. But it just bottles up the stress as Lloyd Braun tells him at the end. He's like, you know, you should really tell your dad that Serenity Now stuff doesn't work. He's like, what do you know? You were in the crazy house. What do you think put me there? Serenity Now... Insanity later. <laughs> That's yep. basically the gist of it. But the entire—it's a great episode. The everything culminates though at the end because uh, George says maybe that you shouldn't use Serenity uh, now. Maybe she should say something like Hoochie Mama or something like that. And then Estelle goes to pull the car in the house or in the garage, and as she's doing it, you all you hear at the end is the as the freeze frames, and you hear that last line is Frank Costanza yell Hoochie Mama. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Perfect way to end it. So that's my number six, The Serenity Now. Cool.
0: Uh, my number five is higher on your list. It is. So we will be talking about it then. Okay. My number five is The Junior Man. Higher on my list. Oh, sorry. But it's next. Right. So my okay. number four is your number five. Right. And so, so we can talk about mint. this. Yes. Okay, yes. Whew, I thought I jumped ahead of there. No, you didn't. Okay. That's why I went first. Right. That and the contest, right. obviously. It's the Junior Mint episode. It's the Junior Mint episode. Mulva. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you expect when your name runs with the female body part? Like, there's that. There's, like, George buys the art because he thinks that Elaine's artist boyfriend is dying. And so he figures it'll be worth something. Yep. But it all comes down to Jerry and Kramer watching that surgery.
0: And accidentally dropping a Junior
1: Mint into the open chest cavity. Yep. Which ends up saving him. Something from above saved him. Yep. Now, <laughs> I love this episode in general. Like, yeah. Malva and the, the art and everything. But I have a personal connection to this episode. Oh, okay. So when I was in grade five, when right when Seinfeld was kind of in its peak... Right. I got... I had surgery on my eye. Oh, okay. Because I see double and they, yep. like, they tried to fix the double vision. They fixed it to a degree in the sense that, like, the images overlap instead of being like... Five feet from each other sort of thing. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. But they cut into my eye, tinkered with the muscles, and sewed it all back off. Like, pretty invasive eye surgery. So I remember waking up in recovery... And my parents were standing at the foot of my bed and like my eye hurts and I'm groggy from the morphine and I'm like doped yeah. up on, mor- uh, uh, groggy from the anesthetic, doped up on morphine. And right. I opened my eyes and I see my parents with these grins on their faces and they're holding a box of junior mints and they're like, would you like a junior mint? They're very refreshing. Was, <laughs> I'm, I'm 12 years old, 11 years old and this happens and like... I thought it was hilarious. It's still hilarious. It's still hilarious. I think it's hilarious now. <laughs> but I didn't laugh and I didn't smile because I was so groggy. I just like oh, yeah. closed my eyes. But I, I I, told them years later, I was like, I never told you guys. That day when you did that, funniest thing you could have done. It was perfect. It was yep. the best thing they could have done. And I loved them so much for it. Um, a couple years ago, my uncle was in the Rocky View Hospital. Okay. He's got Crohn's and he had to have a little bit of his... Yep. Bla colon? Colon. Colon removed? Yeah. Intestine? Whatever it right. is. Colon or intestine. Yeah. Yeah. That would
0: well that would be what be affected by Crohn's. Yeah, and yeah. so
1: we had to have just a little chunk removed to to help him along. And mm-hmm. so we went to go visit him and we brought a box of junior mints. Like it's now something we do. That's awesome. Which is kind of awesome. So that's why I love this episode so much, that's because fair. of the personal attachment I have to it.
0: So, I just love the episode. Too. But it's
1: also a great episode.
0: I am not going to add anything to that cuz that's that's a great story. No. So what's your number 4? The Marble Well it's called
1: the Rye, but it's the Marble Rye episode. Okay. Uh, again, Frank and Estelle, like they
0: they're so <laughs> they're prevalent on your so list. So prevalent. Yeah.
1: They go to um they go to dinner at the Ross's place, Susan Susan's parents. Right? <clears throat> and they brought a Marble Rye but they never the the Rosses never actually put it out and so Frank steals it and takes it back home and so George wants to replace it without the Rosses knowing so Kramer is driving the handsome cab for a week with Rusty the horse and so he takes <laughs> the the Rosses on a on a handsome ride cab but he's been feeding Rusty rice-a-roni before and so the horse gets all foul and farty, and so he has to turn around. But that's like so. But there's only one marble right at the bakery, and Jerry has to steal it from that old lady. And it's just like, it's when they're all kind of at their most despicable,
0: which yeah, is kind it of kind amazing. Of is. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And so that is kind of the the beauty of the the Seinfeld crew is they are despicably humans, but yeah, in a in a funny sort of way. Oh, well, definitely. Yeah, but anyway, like I I love. Kramer driving the cab and Rusty and like, but watching this, the rye come up on the, the fishing line and everything like that, like all because they forgot to put it out at supper. It's just, it's, it's priceless.
0: It's a great episode. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. you're number three. The Contest. Just a terrific episode. It would be weird if it wasn't on yeah. a list like this. Yeah, Highly
1: touted as one of the most one as the best episode one of yep yeah, definitely um, many
0: lists have it many lists have it. it's just sure. it's there's a couple that i just enjoy more yeah but i this is a great episode
1: watching kramer come back in like 20 minutes after they've shaken hands on the contest and slapping that 20 or 50 bucks down 100
0: 100 it was 100 bucks for everybody except elaine because it would be easier for her so it's 150 right right <laughs> she gets odds yeah okay she yeah. gets odds because in the episode, because they're at Monk's, right? And George talks about how his parents caught him. Right. And then that's when they decide, right. let's figure out who could last the longest.
1: But the question is, are you still a master of your own domain?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is also a Simpsons reference, thankfully, to that 90s show. There you go. Because we were going to be in trouble because we're talking about <laughs> Seinfeld for an hour and a half. So. I actually have us covered, but... Oh, good. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's so good. And the, like, when you see those who are out of the contest sleeping soundly and yep. those who aren't, like, tossing Freaking and turning, yep. it's just, it's, it's perfect. And then when you find out in the series finale or part one of the series finale that George cheated on the contest, yeah. and you like,
0: great, I won! It's, it's a nice, it's
1: a nice throwback to what is one of the most popular episodes ever. Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: It's just, it's so funny.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: And it's one of, I think it's one of my favorite in terms of construction, although mm, the mm-hmm. next two I prefer. But I just think that this didn't need anybody else. No. And it's very rare, as you can tell from our list, it's very rare that it's it's not hinging on Newman or Peterman yeah. or Frank and Estelle or somebody else to kind of drive them out of the norm. This is one that I don't need anyone. Like, obviously, Kennedy. But there's like, other there's, people that are like, in Jerry's it, dating not. the Virgin at this point. Marla, I think. Marla. Yeah. We don't.
1: I don't I think we know she's. Yeah, because he says, "I'm I'm in the contest. I'm dating the version. Something's got to give."
0: Yeah, and yeah. then she says she's ready, and he's like, "But I'm still in the contest." Yeah, yeah. And then she ends up hooking up with JFK Jr. And, right, yeah. And that, but that's what Elaine, because it's it's threaded
1: beautifully but, as it usually
0: is. But we don't need anybody other no. than them to drive it exactly. And that's one of the reasons I love it as much as I do.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tremendous one, um, and I I understand why it's on your list. So my number three was your number five, yes, the chicken roaster. Yeah, Kenny Rogers chicken. <laughs> if nothing else, watching Jerry turn into Kramer yep. and J- Kramer turn into Jerry is just—and
0: that's exactly why it made my list. The best.
1: The the Elaine with the Russian hat, or like Elaine buying the Russian hat for George and expensing everything on the Peterman ca- uh, catalog. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay, and that but that's the, she actually has to go visit him in. Burma yeah. to get him to sign off on the on the expense report.
0: <laughs> why they see him in that weird hut. Yep. One like
1: the the apocalypse now reference. Yep. And Like it's it's really good. But I love this one, and it's as high as it is because of Kramer and Jerry swapping.
0: Yeah, because Bur- the lights are burning into his brain. Yeah, Yep. And Mister Marbles and <laughs> Mister Marbles. Mister
1: Marbles, he's harmless.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Yeah.
1: And then Newman comes into play there because he's buying all the chicken for him and Kramer because Kramer can't admit to liking the chicken. Otherwise, they have to switch back. Right. To the big red monster. Yeah. And then you see him and it's like, oh, no, I love, you know, it's like, oh, and don't forget your steamed broccoli. Wait. Steamed broccoli? I love Broccoli. <laughs> And then he takes a chunk and then he spits it out and, uh, vile weed! And he goes, honey mustard sauce! And he, like, hits the... And so the guy just brings him a shot of honey mustard <laughs> sauce and he suits it back. It's so good.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
1: yeah. The roaster, I'm so glad it's on both of our lists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it had to be. Yeah.
0: But speaking of ones that were on both of our lists, but you moved off because you had it much, much lower than I did. Yeah. My number two is the parking garage. It is such a well-constructed episode. Love the way this one's constructed, and it's so simple. And there's literally no one else in it other than like the guard and Larry Charles, one of the writers.
1: Okay, and the 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 lady who picks picks him up, but like three other people. Like there's, it is literally one of the only episodes where it's just like it's basically it really narrows
0: on them. And obviously, like they ask, Elaine asks other people, tries to appeal to
1: other people to get them to drive in.
0: Yeah. But it is driven. But they're
1: they're extras. Like they're, oh, sorry, and they just keep walking.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's driven by the four of them. Kramer bought an air conditioning unit and they can't find his car in the parking garage. So he's
1: walking, hauling this awkward thing. Elaine's got the bag with the goldfish in it. And she's
0: scared that the goldfish is going to die because there's not a lot of air in one of those little bags. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, and then both Kramer and... er, sorry both george and jerry
0: jerry has to go to the bathroom first, first george yeah. is trying to make the anniversary dinner for his parents
1: oh yeah yes right
0: <laughs> yeah but that's all it is is it's an episode of them not able to find Kramer's car
1: yeah i've i i had a flashback to that episode the other day i parked in the parquet at W- at work right I don't often drive but every now and then I'll, I'll drive Need and pay the later, yeah, whatever, yeah pay the 20 bucks or whatever it is for, for parking and I forgot what floor I parked on I knew roughly where I was but I think I went one floor too high oh, and yeah. so I walked up and was like I know I parked right huh so I kind of started walking around and I was like no damn that's like that Seinfeld episode <laughs> yep and then it was one floor lower than where I where I thought it was yeah, exactly. so I wasn't, so wasn't panicked but, and it wasn't a massive parquet like it's it wasn't a full day no exactly yeah. but it's just so well done and then the end when they finally because the three of them when the, the lady
0: kicks them the out the lady of their, that George likes yeah they, kicks them out of the car because he says something about Scientology yeah and then they're sitting there at Kramer's car but Kramer has the keys yeah then hours later Kramer shows up but he doesn't have the air conditioning unit because yeah. he put it down because so it was could, getting so heavy right yeah then they finally all get there and the engine doesn't start
1: and you hear him like pumping the gas, and yep. like it's just, it's a really well written episode, and yeah. it's fairly early season three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is my
0: number two, the parking garage.
1: Okay, great episode. My number two is the Frogger. Kate. I mean, if nothing else, just watching George like in that top view the try top to down. get across the street. Yep. Like I, my whole life is built to this moment, and he's like. And he finally gets across the street, and he he gets stuck on the curb, and like trying to get the semi truck to stop, and the Frogger machine explodes. Yeah, it's
0: great. Where was the Frogger machine originally? It was in the pizza place, pizza place that they went
1: to in high school or in college or wherever right. they were. And yeah, uh, yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, it's shutting down, so they're going back for one more slice. And then he sees his, his name, his initials on the on the Frogger. Yeah, and uh, gets all nostalgic, and but that's. The reason I love this one so much, like Elaine has the sugar fix, so you see her, you see her dancing in this one because every every afternoon at about three o'clock they come in with cake for somebody, and then she she admonishes them, and so she so they've quit giving her like she they've quit uh, allowing her into the into the sugar fix. So, but she doesn't realize how much she needed it, so then she goes to Peterman's office and steals the piece of ancient cake in that was in his uh, in his fridge. And as you see her doing that, she's dancing. But I think the reason why I love this episode as much as I do is because of Peter Stormar as Slippery Pete. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyone who's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows how fond you are of Peter Stormar.
1: Yeah. And I I love I mean I love him because of all the Coen Brother movies he yeah. does. But like you, his name is Slippery Pete? That's one of the things we disagree about. Like he's he's a friend of Kramer's and he's just he's perfect yep. as the, as the, the rogue electrician. And like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a really great episode. It really is. Yeah. Um, so that's my number two,
0: my number one. I alluded <laughs> to once we started talking about summer of George in the last one, I was just like, man, no, that's my favorite episode. That is my favorite Seinfeld episode. Well, and understandably like it's, it's got the Tonys in it. It's yeah. got Raquel Welsh in it. It's got all of that stuff. And that I didn't even mention any of the part of summer of George. Yeah. Because it was the Summer of George.
1: It's it's quite good. I, I love I, that episode. I, I, I do too. And I'm glad you put it on there. Because I saw it and was like, oh, yes. But I forgot that that was the Tony episode. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been on mine too. I was just like, I was going through the list. I like, Summer of George. Oh, yeah. Summer of George is okay. And I just kind of kept going. Didn't really think about that one. And yeah. then, like, as soon as you started talking about the Tonys, it's like, yeah. I'm glad it's on your list. Tonys it and be on Summer of George.
0: Too. And yeah. all, yeah. yeah. And the Not Moving Arms. And, like, it's all there so that's my number one nice because we're at a longer podcast so
1: uh my number one always and forever will be and i know justin will appreciate this because i know he loves this episode too it's
0: the strike also known as festivus yep and to be fair it was on my list it but was because it was your number one i'm just like i could use a space for a different one that we yeah. don't have so yes it is perfect First of all, George is working at
1: Kruger, which is one of my favorite one of his jobs. That's oh, yeah. where he goes after the Yankees. Um, Jerry's dating the Two Face, right? Uh, Elaine ends up giving her number to a guy on the back of a, but it's a fake number. Giving it to him on the back of a of a card for Atomic Subs, and she's one stamp away from a free sub. Yeah, and that guy is Kevin McDonald, which is kind of amazing. Yep, so that's. Kramer goes back to work. He's been on strike for 12 years at H&H Bagels, and they finally – he's like, what were you asking for? Five, sixteen an hour or whatever, but that's minimum wage. Who do you think you can thank for that? That's great, but the entire Festivus plot is oh, amazing. Feats of strength. Feats of strength. The uh, uh, airing of grievances yeah. is so good. The aluminum pole, because it finds tinsel distracting, like it's just <laughs> – I love Frank Costanza. I love that he invented his holiday. Yep. I love Kramer, and then he goes back on strike because they won't
0: give him the twenty third off. Because it's off. Festivus.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's so good. And Frank's story about how he was raining blows on the other guy, thinking there has to be a better way. <laughs> he
0: was trying to get a doll a for, doll his for son.
1: George. It's just. It's so <laughs> it good.
0: It like rained blows upon him. I thought, yeah.
1: Oh man, I love that episode so much. It's one of those ones where I am so giddy when it comes on, and like I'm cel- I celebrate Festivus on the twenty third of December, even though it's like I don't set up a pole or have feats of strength or anything. But it's just <laughs> well, like,
0: and you're not really celebrating Festivus.
1: I wish people a happy Festivus. <laughs> Fair enough. So anyway, it is without question my my favorite episode. So that's my number one.
0: I hope that satiates Justin (laughs) for wanting us to talk about Seinfeld stuff. Because it was
1: longer than we anticipated.
0: Yep, it was. But at the same time, we're both able to talk about Seinfeld for a good amount of time.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. Finally, you, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast. And we want to answer your questions. Or just have a good old chat. Want to talk to us on Twitter? As Justin pointed out, and indicated I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with the U. He's getting pretty lonely.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: <laughs> and we are at Guys From Podcast. Which
0: was also nice.
1: It was nice. And it kind of worked because then it was, instead of it just being Justin, be like, hey, talk to me about this. was like, this is something I want for your podcast. So if you tweet to both of us or all of us, that's great. Yep. Uh, email podcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at theguysfrom Or come to Sean's apartment, buzz up, burst in, and ask us your question.
0: Yeah. You can find it. If you enjoy The Guys from Podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell strangers, tell everyone on the bus, tell everyone on the subway while you're playing Risk. I don't care who you tell. That's a good episode. That's a good reference. Nice call. Just tell anyone you can, any way you can, because only you can help our podcast grow. And the best way to help that podcast grow is if you could throw us a rating and a review on the iTunes store. We are also available on pretty much any podcast service you can imagine, including Podbean, Player FM, and Stitcher, the innovative on-demand podcast app. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug?
1: talk about the simpsons a lot here on the podcast like a lot a lot yep but if you really want to hear somebody talk about the simpsons google conan o'brien talks the simpsons it's 80 minutes of him along with four other former staff writers talking about their time on the show it's so good just hearing them tell stories and like talking about the the good old days and how they kind of got into it it's i i on my Facebook feed, on my memories, it popped up today's, and, like, I posted this a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. I forgot how good that was. Yeah. So it's definitely something that that bears
0: watching. Sean? Cool. On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this eh, podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every Tuesday, throwback tracks every Thursday, movies. Random TV stuff. Dave's still talking about the Patriots Weekly on Monday morning, Dave. Which, depending on where you are in North America, it might not come out in the morning. But whatever. It's where we are. It's morning. And where can I find all that again, Sean? www.theguysfrom.com Damn right. Head to iHorror.com for all of your Halloween news, interviews, reviews. A whole pile of stuff is coming out. For that. And I finally, for long, long, long long-term listeners, people who are probably listening in the Lost podcasts, I finally got around to seeing Kumiko the Treasure Hunter, that Japanese film about the woman in the office who sees Fargo, the Coen Brothers Fargo, and thinks it's a documentary and is going to go find the money that's buried in the field. I finally saw it. It was on my anticipated films of 2014, and it was very good. Worth the wait? It was worth the wait. Amazing. Amazing.
1: Special thanks to The Sweets for our remarkable opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And I'm just going to pull it one more time. Thanks to Justin for breaking the trend. And now expect big things from the rest of you people. Be like Justin and send me topics.
0: And then 90 weeks more of nothing but Sean. Oh, this has been episode one hundred and thirty-six of the Guys from Podcast, Joseph's Technicolor Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean.
1: Yada yada yada. Taking out this week, taking us out this week is the Left Behinds and their song "Streetlight Owl." You can check them out at theleftbehinds.ca. Remember, if you have an original song that you would like us to feature at the end of our podcast, send us an MP three or the link to your SoundCloud along with any information about your band that you would like us to pass along. We're big fans of the indie community, and we want to lend our support. Our email address is guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody.
0: The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing. Doesn't pay us well, but Jerry and Larry David seem like they're doing pretty okay.